So hello everybody. I'm um, I'm back in residence at Haydn on a uh, on a cold evening. So this is going to be a combination fireside chat because there's a bunch of people here in presence and also the computer. So if you see me wandering about, you know what's going on. Um, maybe we could just start with a little alignment. You're just feeling that journey after solstice as we come towards the next full moon. And feeling the activation of your central column. Feel that connection between the core of the earth, the center of the galaxy. It's that dark current of life force. And bring your awareness to your heart, these two currents together in the heart. And see if you can feel those three rings of the heart, your personal, transpersonal, and the central core that connects to the Satrapma or life thread. See if you can feel that energy at the core of your heart. Okay, so um, <clears throat> tonight's transmission, I would call the return of the king. So it's the idea of um, this being that is our planetary logos refocusing his attention on the body. So we know the return of the king from like Lord of the Rings, Aragorn, you know, resetting civilization. It's the same story. Um, like Odysseus, you know, Ulysses goes away for a long time, comes back and his wife has, you know, been held captive by a bunch of suitors or it could be Richard Lionheart who's off at the Crusades and John takes over England. This story of the journey, in particular, it's a masculine journey to go out and be on a mission, have an adventure, achieve liberation, and then often coming back and finding that the kingdom has been laid waste. So this, this deep story of the returning energy, the coming back energy um, of the masculine face of God. Um, so in the Greek traditions, they, they talked about Uranus Gaia, 
So, and here we are in New Zealand and the Maori tradition, it would be Papatuanuku and Ranganui. So this, this duality of masculine and feminine that is vertical, not the horizontal one. And um, we are familiar with the Gaia hypothesis, you know, this idea that the earth is a sentient being, but the Gaia hypothesis has really got to do with the, the body mind of earth. It's got to do with the fact that yes, the land is alive and the, the vegetable and animal kingdoms and human new sphere forms part of an intelligent being. But the thing that's missing out of Gaia, you know, which is Pachinmama and, you know, Mother Earth is her counterpart. And her counterpart in Greek myth is Uranus. And Uranus is kind of like the soul of the world when we think about the soul as like the, the consciousness aspect. When it's fused, when the consciousness aspect is fused with the body-mind, then you have full integration. So in the esoteric traditions, that would be the third initiation. You have integrated the soul and the body-mind. So we know the being that is Earth is taking the second cosmic initiation, which is mastery of the emotional body. And what happens at that time is the aspiration kicks in. So you could relate to this on your own personal journey is like when you, when you are done with desire and your aspiration kicks in and you want something higher, you want something greater, you go on the spiritual search, then um, it can be quite fanatical and you can uh, ignore other parts of your being on that journey. Okay, you can go one-pointed focus. And the whole point of Sagittarius is to get you to the galactic center, to get you to the monad. So at, in order to master the second degree, your emotional body needs some degree of monadic contact. That monadic contact helps it break the desire um, and wake it. So when, you, when we're on that path, most people, when they're on that path, one half of their emotional body is deeply committed to pursuing the, the, the heights. And the other half often falls into addiction and materiality and feels ignored and abandoned. So you could say that um, the earth has a, a absent father complex. You know, like how, how many of us know our one of our deep wounds is the, the fact that the father principle wasn't there, didn't love us, didn't like penetrate us with um, the kind of love we wanted. They, they were busy. So imagine the earth as a being going to counseling in cosmos, you know, <laughs> and the earth had a father wound for 2000 years. The 2000 year wound because the Uranus part of Uranus Gaia has been busy. It's been off somewhere trying to connect with the monad. So that experience of all of the cells within that being, are the cell uh, is the experience of being abandoned with the mother. So part of like the deep resentment against the environment and, and the anger and the frustration has come from that sense of knowing that as souls, we are half spirit and half matter. Our, biology is of the earth and our spirit is of cosmos. And so that sense of being left here, of being abandoned here by a God that's gone away, 
is deep in the core of the human psyche. It's the deep existential wound. And then, of course, what happens in the individual sense is that we play that out by thinking, well, maybe he didn't love me. Maybe I was bad or, you know, so the God becomes an angry, judgmental God that is disappointed in us, right, to cover the, the wound in our heart. Well, if, if they loved me, why weren't they there? Why didn't they, you know, show up? So there's either something wrong with them or something wrong with me. So 2,000 years of like chasing father in heaven, feeling that we did something wrong to be left, um, like trying to leave the earth in order to reconnect. All of that is part of a global phenomena is the being of earth. And that being is now turning its gaze back. Okay, so if we were going to this counselor and cosmos, that would basically tell us what every child needs to be told. You know what? It didn't have anything to do with you. It actually wasn't human centric. It wasn't because you were bad or because, you know, he didn't love you or whatever. It was because there was a great adventure that he was on that he, he couldn't tell you about. You were just cells in his body. And that adventure was the adventure of contact with the monad. That was adventure was discovering the cosmic origin of the soul of earth. It's not just the most people down here have father wounds because their father went to, you know, work all the time and didn't, didn't see them. But this is the, the, the wound of gone, like the awareness gone. Imagine your own body as a God of your own body, how your cells feel when your attention is gone away when your attention is deep on your spiritual path and you neglect to be embodied. And this is also part of the spiritual tradition. It's part of, you know, like the, the Christian tradition, all of these other traditions that are seeking transcendence. And of course, maybe that transcendence didn't need to be caused so much suffering and repression of the feminine and of the body and of the emotions and sexuality, maybe but maybe it just wasn't mature enough to be able to turn its attention to something else without repressing. Okay. So on your own path, you'll, you'll have gone through those places where you get so caught up in some dimension of your being that you're trying to develop that you ignore other parts of yourself and maybe even actively repress them. So if you're trying to be man, you just repress your feminine. So this sense of the transcendent sixth ray 2000 years of sixth ray Piscean energy. What that does to the being that is earth is take the focus into abstract idealism and also have that sense of sacrifice that Pisces comes with. So the, the message of that is um, as human beings within that being, we are on the cusp of a change. And that change is the change between the, the Piscean sixth ray age and the seventh ray Aquarian age. If the sixth ray did not fulfill its mission, and that mission was to contact the monad, like in the Christian terminology, it's the father in heaven. It's the, it's the Christ on the cross reaching for the, the core of the soul. So if that wasn't done, then with the seventh ray, which turns everything back to matter, and Aquarian, which is a group, if the monad wasn't contacted, we would be at the, at the edge of 2000 years of the most regimented materialism you can possibly imagine. 
So the whole point of the six ray idealism was to contact something, to contact the life force at the core of the human soul, so that when the energy turns as it's turning now and comes back to the body, it comes back to the body mind of earth and resacralizes the planet, it brings something. It, it's not just like a, a, a lifting up and then a coming back to business as usual. There was success. So what the Tibetan is saying is that it was a close thing. It was a close thing. To be able to really get monadic contact means that you, the, the, the being that is Earth is coming back from that high cosmic adventure with an energy, which we call the monadic force or Shambhala force. So, you know, again, all of the legends of the, those, those journeys, those heroes' journeys are you go and if you're successful, you get a boon, you get eternal life or you get, you know, the Holy Grail or whatever it is. So this being that is the earth is coming back with something. They're coming back with this dark light, this transmission of monadic life. And that's the energy that can transform the kingdom. So the return of the king is the return of the, the conscious masculine part of the soul of the earth back into union with the goddess who never left. The goddess is Gaia and she's done her best to like support human beings while this mission has been going on. And um, Unless you can see the big picture of what's happening on the earth, then we project our own stories onto it. And of course, lots of suffering has happened in the name of this set because it isn't understood. The initiates of the world have understood it and they have held to the spiritual um, heights and the indigenous races of the world refuse to go. They've held with Gaia. So those, those two extremes don't have problems because they are, they are clearly with the father or the mother. And so they're in connection with the sacred origin. But in the middle, you know, the human beings in the middle caught between, that's where all of the suffering is. And that's where all of the, the call to go on the journey comes from. That's where the, the heart longing for your origin comes from. And sometimes that heart origin in the six ray has been mean paying the price of disconnecting from the body and earth so those of us who are involved in the tantric path and the embodiment paths part of that is this is the deep seventh ray returning and what the center hyden is is also a seventh ray center but if you do not have the monadic contact that comes from the sixth ray ascent then when you descend you just fall back into matter so the whole point is when you return you return with that dark light and that dark light changes everything. It, it actually makes up for all of the degradation and the sacrifice and the suffering that has been going on to launch the mission. So it's hard for us to see because it would be a bit like if you were taking the vital signs of, of a fireman going into a burning building or a mountaineer just before the Himalayan peak your vital signs would say crisis, like this person should stop what they're doing. Their heart rate's through the roof, they're you know, blah, blah, blah. But there's no context. You can't see why they're doing this. 
what the purpose behind the journey is. So Earth, you know, part of just seeing it as Gaia, when we read all the vital signs of Gaia, we see all the environmental crisis. But if we could see the big picture, we would see that that's part of a journey. It's part of a journey that includes the ascent of the human spirit to its origin. And if it makes it, and if it doesn't, if it didn't make it, it would have been a waste. But if it does make it, then it comes back with an energy that can transform everything. And that transformation is what's ahead. So the dark light that comes back from the monad, how does it impact human consciousness? Have a seat, guys. Sit here. So that first part of the transmission is the returning of the energy of the consciousness aspect of the world soul that has been trying to get to the monad. The second part is how you bring that back in such a way that rapidly transforms the world and restores the sacred energy of Gaia. Right? You know, that the, the Gaia Uranus polarity is like Shiva Shakti. Shiva goes away, Shakti, you know, has to deal with the absence. And when, when the return comes, then there is restoration. So there is a fast way of restoring the earth and awakening humanity, which is part of the gift of the monad. It's more powerful than soul. But then it goes into the difference between soul transformation and monadic activation. And soul transformation has got largely to do with that energy of the soul, even though that it's been to the monad, now carries a kind of a power of a lightning, which helps it look more deeply into our personality. And, you know, we work with this at the Haydn Temple of like the light which shocks when you have awareness and awakefulness and you turn back and you look into your body mind, you realize, oh my God, you know, things are a mess. I'm seeing shit that I never, you know, knew before in my shadow is all coming up. And so now I'm going to slowly integrate that shadow and come down into my solar plexus and my sexual center and my base center. And I'm gradually going to work um, with more and more of the light of the soul and the love of the soul, redeeming and transforming the pieces that I've neglected and ignored on my journey. Okay, so that's the soul path, and it's an important path. It's part of psychotherapeutic work that's been going on for 100 years on Earth. But it also says that it's a slow path, and, and it's slower than monadic. And he uses the, the analogy of it's like um, shining the sun on someone who's wearing 10 layers of clothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gradually, they take off one layer and another layer and another layer as they are warmed by the, the returning love of the soul. Or another analogy is the peeling of an onion. You know, we all know that the trauma work of like you, you peel off one layer and then eventually you get to the core. What he's suggesting though is that we often don't get to the core. Okay, because the core carries the most difficult places. The core is, has got the core abandonment wound in it. The core has got the, the most dark parts of our psyche buried there. So actually, the lighted path, of the, the path of the soul, activates the easy stuff first. And when it gets down to the core, then there is just the real hard stuff. 
And that hard stuff is, is stuff that most people don't want to go to. So on the planet, the analogy of that is that our hearts can be opened by compassion. When we see the suffering in the world, when we feel what we're doing to the rainforest, when we see the starving children, when we meet the person next to us who, who is struggling, our hearts can be opened that way. But the core is often also hardened because we feel overwhelmed with our capacity to open our hearts and expand to all of the suffering and everything that's happening if we don't have something, if we're not in contact with that core that has the antidote. So what happens is that the core actually starts to calcify and humanity's core is being calcified. So if, if, if we can't feel what's going on, like if we refuse to open ourselves to the, the plight of the environment and, and of you know, the, the rest of the human species, then we can keep the core of our heart closed. And really no amount of psychotherapeutic work or even soul transformational work is gonna to get to that core. So what he's saying is that monadic activation works from the inside out. And instead of using the antikrana, and the antikrana is this energy that you build in consciousness <clears throat> between, you know, the, your base and your crown, and it's the vertical antikrana of consciousness. And when you develop the causal body and you send up, you can contact, consciously contact the monad, but you're working with consciousness. And he's saying that the monad works directly with the life thread and the life thread is anchored in the core of the heart. So the monad is active, whether or not your antikrana is built. The ideal is to have them both. But when the monad, when the, when the sutratna is contacted and active, you can directly source life through the core of your heart center. And that life, when you transmit from that place, that penetrates the core of everything. It's core energy. The analogies it was, was, we gave us in the last transmission was, if you imagine the earth, the Arctic and the Antarctic and the core of the earth are like the crown base and heart of that being. We used to be thinking of them existing in the etheric matter, which they do as well. But he's saying in the physical, that globe, that sphere, has those poles and the activation of kundalini there's two different types of kundalini so he gave us some really beautiful esoteric teaching which and then said you've got to go research this yourself if you want the realization from it but the essence is basically that there's kundalini in our base okay that's the part of the monad that that the monad at its high level splits into two. One goes down to be Shakti in our base center. The other forms the purpose of the soul that registers in the jewel. So the duality that we experience on the path is not a duality in actual fact because the dark energy is both above and beneath. It's the same energy, it just divides in two. So Shiva and Shakti basically have their roots in the same dark energy. So, um, when, the, when that energy lands at the base, so if the, on the planet you could say that Kundalini is stored in Antarctica, 
Okay, and it kind of makes sense that that continent has been left and had no real human civilization is waiting until Earth gets to a point and human civilization gets to a point that that energy can be used. But the base of any system, the heart of any system is the base of a higher system. So what this means is, for example, if you look at the whole seven planes of Earth that our monad soul and personality live within. The buddhic plane is the middle plane. That's the plane of the human hierarchy. That's the plane where when your soul is free from body-mind is your natural home. The natural home of the human soul is buddhi. That's the middle of seven, which means that it's the kundalini of a greater system. Okay, so the lowest seven is the base center of a higher system of seven. So, and the essence of that is that human souls are cosmic kundalini. Human souls are cosmic kundalini. We're not, we're not just beings of earth. We are kundalini of cosmos come and coiled into the buddhic plane in this system. So if, if we are of our souls, of our true nature of our souls, has this, it is like Kundalini that comes in from a higher um, plane, coils up inside matter and waits. It waits until the path has been gone to a certain point and then the soul is able to contact its Shiva or spirit aspect and then it blends the two together, then the Kundalini awakes. So that there is an awakening on earth that's of the earth itself, but it also has a role in a greater cosmic evolution and humans have a role in that. And so as the Kundalini of the earth activates, the, the core of the earth, the heart of the earth has a direct relationship to each of our, our hearts. And the transformation that happens as a result of that is is the pressure in the core of the human heart that pops it from the inside out. Okay, so there's the outside in pressure of everything that happens to us in our environment and so on. But what's activating now as, as a result of the Shambhalic impact this decade is the activation of the core of every human heart. And that, that is part of the activation of the core of the earth through the connection with the black hole at the center of the galaxy. In cosmic sense, this being of Earth has connected with its monadic origin, and that has resulted in an, a beginning of the activation of the core. When the core activates, it automatically penetrates everything within the sphere of Earth. All of the lives, including the human lives, are activated directly through their core. So he's... Um, suggesting that that we can do this in our own lives that we are in earth and he's given us a meditation which i'll i'll um, guide you on uh later but the idea is that is that if you visualize yourself as an earth so that your torus or your sphere of your aura or whatever is the earth what makes up your lives, just like the being that is Uranus Gaia, this being that is the Logos of Earth, what makes up all of the lives of that being is, you know, the rocks and the minerals and the vegetables and the animals and humans. 
Okay, they're all part of the life of this sphere. So when that um, core activates, it activates the core of all of those beings. It brings more life to all of them. So in your own individual system, the, the lives that you uh, have the opportunity to activate through the core uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, the esoteric tradition, they're all called an, an aspect of Agni. So the Agnishvatas, they're the David lives that make up your mind. So they're, they're, the, they're the energy of your thoughts. Okay, that your thoughts are not just like um, off there somewhere. Your thoughts are in matter of mental matter. And that mental matter is in the esoteric traditions called Agnishvatas. They're beings, they're David, little David lives that you think with. And in your emotional body, you have little beings, little David lives called Agnisurians. And these Agnisurians make up your feelings. So when you're expressing emotion or when you're feeling it on the inside, that's the activation of Agnisurians. And in your physical etheric body, they're Agnichaitans. And there's many different grades of them. You know, there's Agnichaitans of your sacral center and Agnichaitans of your Arjuna center and Agnichaitans of your bone marrow. So these are little lives, insold lives, like um, that, that make up both matter and the subtle matter. So as earth, as an earth, you have those lives and you are their God and their goddess. You are their God and their goddess and you have been absent. And in your absence, they get into bad habits. <laughs> right? When the, the, because the, the idea of devas is they're supposed to follow direction. The gift of the devic kingdom is to be directed. And what humans are supposed to do is they're supposed to transmit the will. But because we've lost that, capacity, the David lives just do whatever we tell them to do. I'm going to get drunk. So the David lives get used to getting drunk. I'm going to, you know, like chase my desires. The David lives go do whatever it is that you tell them to do. And then we blame them. Like we blame our emotional body for, you know, like it's, it's wounding or our mind for its negative thoughts or whatever, but we have failed to direct them. We've failed to be the God the goddess that, that, that not only builds and, and nourishes their lives, but penetrates them through the core with our will. And that will aligned with divine will is what should live at their core. So you can go through the long process of like repatterning behavior behavioral modification techniques and so on where you're because basically what these lives are is they're complexes okay just like that earth has a great absent father complex it's a whole pattern of thoughts and feelings and and experiences in your body that are complex so if you have like addictions or you have negative thoughts or whatever, that's a complex. That's a pattern of the way that those lives are moving inside your aura. And that, that, that the solution 
to bringing all of those complexes and resolving them and restoring and resetting your aura and your lives to their original blueprint, that solution is in monadic activation. You can rapidly activate. And what you're doing when you activate is like, you could imagine the soul is like a sculptor. You know, the soul is using the clay, the living clay of the body mind to build it into a form that the monad can use. Okay, but um, the, the difficulty is that the, if the soul is not deeply in contact with the monad and if it doesn't have mastery and sculpturing, then you have all kinds of issues and problems. But what a shambolic impact is, is a direct, the soul gets out of the way and there's a direct transmission between your divine blueprint and the matter that your vehicles are made up with. So that's like an electrical event. So instead of like the long, slow process of evolving and transforming your patterns, the origin of who you are meets them directly and poof, that it's like panel beating from the inside out. They're, they are electrified with their divine blueprint, which is your monadic life. So that path is more radical. And he, and he gives this meditation, which seems innocuous, but I tell you, trying it is, um, is deep and recommends that you go slow because when you drive energy through the core along the Sutratma, it results in catharsis. It's like, it's not the sudden slow um, evolution. It's rapid throwing off. It's like a spiritual detox. Like you, you all of those cells, all of those Agni Chaitans and Agni Surians and Agni Jvatas, they've all developed bad habits in your absence. Okay. And when you radically transfigure them, because monadic energy transfigures, it doesn't transform. And transfiguration is the radical penetration of life with its essential nature. It resets all of those beings to how they, sh they, they, they should have been if you were fully there, if you were fully present. Which means they throw off the... Um, they throw off their patterns of behavior and connecting with, with the complexes. The complexes come up and they also detox the energy that they're made of. So globally, what we can expect with the shambolic impact that we're already seeing the pre-signs of is upwelling of core issues cathartically. Like because the same issue that's going on in our individual life is going on in the planetary life. As this energy activates, it activates the core of every human being and the core of every fish and angel, you know, like everything that's in the planetary aura is activated directly through their core. Instantaneously too. It's not like a transmission. It's like that, that dark energy penetrates directly into the core and opens from the inside out. So of course, what's going to happen with human beings is their core heart activation is gonna kick. It's not gonna be that they're so much triggered by their compassion for the outer environment. It's gonna come from the inside. All of a sudden they're sobbing uncontrollably. Their core wound has come up for no reason. They'll, try, they'll maybe try to find external reasons and there'll be plenty of them to find. but 
They're not defending the core of their heart from being impacted by those things. The, the heart itself has been impacted. So the initiation of humanity's heart is, is a direct transmission of shambolic force through the dark light via the center of the planet through all beings in the environment. It's a much faster process than the, the, the slow raising of consciousness with the hundredth monkey getting everyone up to a level and then they never really quite get there anyway. This is the radical and it causes initiation, sudden dramatic change. So, you know, do we know this in our own um, journey as we start to activate monadically or get dark light activating it, it goes straight to the core. It doesn't fuck around with the next little piece that you need to work through in your long journey towards enlightenment. It brings up your core issues. And those core issues then, uh, if you let them move, if you let them vibrate and vibrate from the inside out, then they will resolve and bring energy to the rest of you. So the three energies of Shambhala are destruction. So... The planet, the god of the earth now is wielding monadic energy and that energy is life and death. Life and death energy is always the same. And as that energy of, of life and death moves through, it's creating destruction. The destroying of forms that are no longer required. So... If you want to be an initiate, someone who's working with this, like for most of humanity, we will, most of humanity will experience themselves at the effect of this. That there'll be cathartic upwellings and, you know, statues are born that brought down or in the old days, it would have been wars and they would have felt swept up in it. The best they can do is like be as true as they can to themselves and their family and that they're caught by energies beyond themselves. But if you're an initiate and you know what's happening and you're in touch with that energy, your work is to help wield it, not just be at the effect of it. And the first way to wield it is to wield it in your own life. So that's, first of all, the first energy of it is wielding the energy of death. So from that, you know, core energy of the core of your heart, that energy sweeps through your system and brings to an end anything that needs to go. And it's really interesting that it said that this monadic energy um, is linked to resetting each cell to its original um, blueprint. And one of the things that cancer is, is the, the cell no longer following its original blueprint and just proliferating. Okay, so part of the the, the fact that not just the, the physical cancer that humans get, but the fact of humans becoming somewhat of a cancer on the planet has got to do with their lack of connection to the deep core of their blueprint of what a human being really is. We've become subhuman and think that a human being is just about making a living and surviving and, and you, know, you know, being as is not as mean to others as we can be, but a human being is a cosmic bridge between the, the, the universe and the planet. Human being is this divine story between heaven and earth. So we, because we've forgotten that, we've fallen into materialism and survival and fear. 
So the first thing when, when you run that energy is the destruction of anything that's in your system, all of the lives that are in your system that is, that is not operating according to its blueprint. Um, and so those people that are afraid of death would never invite death into their being because that's what they're trying to avoid at all costs. You know, they want to hold on to their thought forms and their ideas and so on. But if you're an initiate, particularly at the third degree, it's called the conqueror of death because death no longer has any power because death is life and you are letting death and life move through you regularly without trying to have a preference for what lives and what dies. Okay, you're letting your original blueprint start to guide the core of your being. And that blueprint is naturally going to throw off the things that it doesn't need and build in the things that it does. So the first energy is destruction. And then the second energy is purification. So when, when the cells and all of our lives have been running old patterns that are not productive to the evolution, then as energy, more energy, dark energy runs through their cores, they start to purify. And then the last energy is organization. And that organization is, is like telling all of those cells of your being um, from the core of your heart, who they are, how they are uh, liver cell or uh, an Arjuna chakra um, deva, or are they like in, in the pattern of your essential being in your blueprint as a, as a, as a piece of cosmic Kundalini, then you then direct all of the beings that make up you into such a way that organizes them into a pattern that makes a beautiful vehicle for you to express through. Okay, so, so those three energies rhythmically will work through you if you activate the Sutratma. And learning how to activate it, what to do with those energies when they, when they are at work, to actually let the deathing happen to let the purification happen and to let the, the organization, reorganization happen. And, you know, we've all, like this center is founded on that. So we've all had some experience of it in our transformational process and in our interactions with each other of the things that are dying, the things that are purifying. And then this mysterious way of how do we organize in such a way that serves and allows this great thing that's trying to land this earth soul how do we organize or be organized by that but this will accelerate it you know because this process is going to accelerate over the next decade and so learning how to um accelerate it and say yes to it is is part of um, um the initiate work or those members of humanity that want to serve in that way and grow in that way ask the energy early instead of like it, it happening to them they invoke it and say okay this is happening it's coming in i i want to use this energy and then i can transmit it so within the earth you can imagine the same process is happening you know in an earlier transmission dk said look death is coming like it's coming but it's not not coming as punishment. It's not coming because you fucked up the earth and you know, it's not coming. It, it's just coming because it's part of this bigger process that the whole being that we're in is part of in cosmos. It's coming because life is coming and life can't live in the forms that you have created for it. 
life can't live in the mission statements and the and the you know the the, the political parties and all of the things that we've created life can't live in that so it's going to take them down but it's not going to take them down you know like out of in a judgmental way from consciousness it's going to take them down by just running them through with life force running the core of that life force through the earth this is the the sacred boon that the logos of earth gained in his high adventure he brought back this elixir this cosmic elixir which we call the dark energy that you know we're experiencing and feeling and activating this is a cosmic um, energy and as it operates we're going to have to learn that it operates very differently than consciousness it operates from the inside out through the core of things. So then the purification energies are going to happen. And then finally, the organizational energies, which mean that, you know, things like spiritual governance and, and you know, businesses as ashrams, you know, and the working with the David lives of nature. And so on, all of that is going to unfold as a result of the purification and the organization process. So he was, he was um, also painting this energy of like, imagine, um, imagine what it's like after you go on a fast or a deprivation or an ayahuasca journey or uh, uh, an initiation of some kind, a rite of initiation. Remember what that first taste of water is when you come out, right? Remember that first sip where you, where you remember how sacred this is, what a miracle it is. You know, when you come out of a deep illness or something and you, and you taste again what it is to be embodied in, in your life, then the sacred is restored, at least for a moment until, you know, something else happens. So he's saying that that's what's happening to the earth, that this being that is the God of earth. I found this on the web. No. <laughs> this being that is the God of earth is coming back into sacred relationship with its body mind, with its Gaia. And as it comes back and tastes that again, the energy of restoration will happen. Just as when we come back after our deep spiritual journey and we come back to our own lives or like the Hobbit comes back to the Shire, you know, like you come back to your own life and you realize how beautiful it is how divine it is just to breathe, just to let the sun be on your face. That, imagine that as a whole planet, this being of the planet is doing that. It's returning. Mm -hmm. And as we return, everything lights up when the king sits in the kingdom. So where this is in your own being is in your heart. Because the king has gone off into consciousness to build the antikarama to the monad. And the queen is still stayed in the heart. The queen is Gaia and Pachamama. And, but as the king returns and comes to the heart again, comes to the core of the heart, then that energy of all is well vibrates into the world. The energy of the king and queen are together again inside you. So bringing your own king, bringing the soul that's been crowned in, 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 in um, cosmos back into the core of your heart. And as it arrives and forms its union with the goddess that's already there, then something begins to radiate. 
And that radiation restores the kingdom. It restores everything to its pristine origin. And because it's taken 2,000 years for this journey, who knows how long it will take for the earth to be restored. But the waters and the forests and everything from the inside, from the inside, as this being lands back into their body mind, that's the, you know, the, the vision of what's coming. That's the transmission of what's coming, that, that, that longing that the human being has for the restoration. It's in all spiritual traditions. It's in all pathways that, that life is returned. Yeah. So I want to give an opportunity to do this meditation if you would like. So it's an activation of the core and it's got within it the, the mention of life. So I'll just read that. Um, so just begin by centering yourself in the heart center. And see if you can find that longing in the core of your heart for restoration. And then visualize your body with all of its sheaths, all of its auras, as if it was the globe of the earth. All of that matter is vibrating and subtle. Now draw in the energy of the sun through the North Pole and the moon through the South Pole and mix them together in the heart. So if you can sense the dark core that's revealed at the center of their union and enter this core. This is a sensing meditation. So attempt to feel from that core, the sutratma or life thread that has a direct connection to the monad, your essential life force. And see if you can feel that sensation, vibration of the life thread at the core. 
also sense the dark flow of energy that connects your heart to the central core of the earth and also to the black hole at the core of the galaxy representing Earth's monad. Realize that your heart center is not simply in contact with these centers. It is an extension of their life coiled into the time and space density of your human incarnation. You are that life. Take time to identify with it. Allow that reservoir of life force to build in your heart. And now I'm going to use the mantra of life. So I'll leave a gap after each line if you want to use it. There is no soul. There is no time. There is no space. There is only life. One life. This life I am. My will is for all my lesser selves. To know me at their core. As the essence, the beginning and end of their existence. It is thus, as the one life, I live. To see if you can feel that energy of the returning king and feel your love for all of the David lives that make up your bodies of manifestation. And now release this reservoir of life so that it radiates omnidirectionally from your heart center as dark love and light and power. Feel it effortlessly penetrating the core of all the beings that make up your earth, from the atoms of your physical body to the atoms of your mental body. All of these are David lives awaiting activation and direction from you, the God and goddess of their world.
I'll sense the life and death nature of the energy that naturally destroys or ends those patterns of behavior that the lives in your etheric, emotional and mental bodies have become accustomed to that are not aligned with your essential divinity. These take the forms of complexes, patterns of thought, feelings and habitual activity that have developed in your absence. Penetrate them with your life force. Sense the purification that's taking place in the atoms of those lives as they change their vibratory rate as a result of the core activation. And then sense the organization through resonance that naturally occurs as the cells of the different bodies express their core note and find their way into the organs and chakras, the different structures and dimensions of your subtle bodies as well as the physical. Finally, consciously radiate the life reservoir along the verticality of your shushumna or the central column up the spine. Add the energy of the sutratma, this life force in the core of your heart to the antikarana so that the connection from the base to the core of the earth and through the crown to the core of the galaxy is actively vibrating.
Okay, thank you. And then his suggestion is once you can do that stably in your own system, that then you try to do it as the earth. So you shift your identification into the earth as the core of the earth and allow that same process to happen so that you're creating a resonance between your earth and the earth. And um, of course, it has application to, to our communities. You know, if the core of the dark core has been activated, these three energies should be at work in our communities. That's because we're cells in this being of Haydn or Shambhala school. Um, I think the important thing there is that when you're activating the core of the heart, you're not using your consciousness to decide what needs to live and die. Okay. You're not like, Oh, I'll activate my, I'll get rid of my mother wound or my addiction to sugar or whatever, because that that's consciousness. This is impersonal. It has nothing to do with what you would like to change or not change in your life. It's cosmic life force running through you. So your only job is to allow it to run, not to try to direct it in a way that, um, you know, has preference. Oh, I'm not going to let this part die and I want that part to grow. So it's the same, you know, where, where part of the governance, you know, one of the things that he told us at the beginning of Haydn is that the power of working with this energy is that um, it, it, it's radical, but the danger is that if you, if you direct it yourself, like if you decide, if you're still eaten from the tree of knowledge and good and evil and you decide what's right or wrong or who should come and go or whatever, then you're, you're in danger of misusing that energy. That the way to keep purifying the center is you keep running that life force and the life force activates through people's cores and that chooses how, you know, it, it, what it should do is it should... It should delete what needs to be deleted. It should purify what needs to be purified. And then it should organize us in self-evident ways that, are, that we allow us, that allow us to see, oh, the core note of this being is resonating with the core note of that being and they're forming an organ within this you know, community or in this field. So as you activate that in your own body, or in groups, or as Earth itself, the keynote of it is the transmission. There is a slight modification to that in the sense of where there is demand. So sometimes uh, where there is demand for life force, you can feel in your interactions with people, that's like monadic activation. Like there's a longing, there's a call from the heart. So we're all in this process and anywhere from the second degree on, you can use monadic energy. Okay. It's, a, it's the second degree, that mastery of the emotional body. If your emotional body is still, you know, out, out of your control, really, then you, you can't really access it. You need to access it in order to master the emotional body. So it's got its own kind of inbuilt safety mechanism. Um, and it said that on the planet being midway between the second and the third initiation can actually be trusted with the energy of planetary purpose at that before that point, they can go in two different directions and they go in two different directions, basically dependent upon whether the heart's activated. 
So what makes a black magician is somebody who has connected with um, the, the beginnings of monadic power, but their heart isn't active so that they're going to use that for their own self-interest and they're going to use it to control others. And you already can start to see as this dark energy emerges in the world, different people are presenting it in different ways. Um, and the presenting of it as a, as a further way to get your brand in the market and your success, like that's, uh, that's, that's the dangerous form of the use of that energy because the consciousness is still deciding where this energy should go and it's trying to achieve success at the expense of others or whatever that is. So the 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 best safeguard for the use of it from the second to third degree is through the core of the heart let your heart break open with that love and compassion for humanity and for the planet and then the energy is going to run properly um, but until the fourth degree you're not fully clear so you know what he was saying is that the the difference between the Piscean age and the Aquarian is in the Piscean age, um, the core wound hasn't been, been activated. Despite Jesus on the cross, like most people are living with that core abandonment wound of, from spirit. And there's two ways, two well-trodden paths, he says, that help us to um, deal with it. One is to not go there and become dependent upon something outside of us. This could be a religion, it could be a teacher, it could be a partner, it could be, you know, the, the politicians telling you what to do, it could be drugs, it could be like, become a follower. This is the Piscean follower. Follow something outside of you to give you direction because you've lost contact with the life force at the core of your being, which automatically knows what is your unique note and what's right for you and your being. So um, the Piscean follower is one path of giving our, our essence away because it's too painful to go through the core abandonment wound and feel our own life thread. So we follow someone who's got a life thread or we project out um, uh, on something outside of us to give us guidance. And this is why most of the world that's still pre-second degree is still looking towards a politician or a spiritual teacher or something to, so that they can avoid actually the work of going through their core abandonment wound. Or they're not ready for that. Um, and then the other way of avoiding it is control. Okay, if you, if you can control your environment and other people so that they don't trigger it, then you can also avoid it. Okay, so this is where you control your partner or something else so that they don't trigger that piece. So that, and then once you're in the control game, this is what creates Piscean leaders because a Piscean leader is someone who's able to control the not going there themselves. And then they become an exponent of a way or a path or a politician telling everybody what they should do. And everybody goes along with it because they're avoiding their core wound. They're avoiding their wound of death. So, so the, the, both of them have fear of going through the core wound and both of them um, produce the Piscean era, which is some leaders and some followers and um, the promise of a better way, which often works out not being a better way at all. Okay, because it's not 
divine life. So that uh, core abandonment wound isn't finally gone through until the fourth degree. So most of us are Piscean um, most of the time and Aquarian occasionally. Okay, so we're, we're like a 2000 year complex has been healed on the planet and we're only at the beginning of the next 2000 years. So don't expect to be Aquarian um, because probably in a thousand years time, at the midpoint, like the midpoint of the last 2000 years was the Crusades. That was the epitome of, of sixth ray. Go to find Jerusalem. But of course it was projected out into the physical world instead of into the metaphysical world. So the height of the Aquarian age is, is coming, but we are, we are rehab Pisceans <laughs> trying to be Aquarian, right? And, and so what an Aquarian culture looks like is all beings to have that open. Okay, so then there is no need for direction from the outside because everybody's self-initiated from the core of their own being. They know the life, it's directing them, it's directing all of, uh, through them, it's directing all of their behavior and their thoughts and their feelings. And so they naturally co collaborate in hierarchies. And the reason they're on hierarchy is because if you're in contact with the life force at the core of your being, you know that that life force is universal. You know it doesn't resist, exist in a white person or a black person or a, or a fish or a dog or it's in everything. So th there can be no question of lack of equality because there's just one life and that life is radiating through everything and you are that. So therefore, there is an inherent sense of universality. You are part of the universal life force. That's where your identity rests. That's who you really are. However, not everybody knows that. Not everybody has had that revealed in their core of their being. So therefore, you also understand that there's hierarchy. Hierarchy is the level of revelation of that life force inside somebody. And humans have the unique capacity on the planet and the kingdoms to be able to have that revealed consciously. Okay, animals have life, the, the, the life principle, but they can't consciously self-reflect. So they can't actually block it and they can't say yes to it. It just is. But humans actually have the unique capacity to link their consciousness with life or not. You can't give free will without it being a double-edged sword. So humans can try to block it as well as say yes to it. If you're an initiate, you're someone who said yes to it. Like, let this use me. Let this flow through me. And the way it flows through you is, is that it both supports other people's life force coming on from the outside, because as that transmission goes through your heart, it activates other people's hearts, but it also supports them on the inside. And that's through your meditative alignment and so on. That doesn't have to do with transmission between people. It has to do with the calling in of that life force, which automatically operates inside everyone. So if you're in a field of that, then everybody's going to be popping from the inside, not just to do with their connections from each other. And the keynote of the Aquarian age is water of life am I poured forth for thirsty men. So in other words, if you are in touch with that fountain, you know, that fountain that's at the core of your being, then it's going to flow. And it will flow indiscriminately, omnidirectionally from your being, but it will also 
have its own intelligence of where it moves and flows as well. So if we are becoming Aquarian, then we can accelerate that path. And in and, uh, and earlier teachings, Dike said, it's possible in the Aquarian age for the second, third and fourth initiation to be taken in a single life. Now, historically, there were many, many, many lives between those initiations, but it's possible for them to be taken in a single life. That's an incredible acceleration. It's an acceleration from a thousand years to one life. Okay, and the, the reason that, that acceleration is there is because of the monadic energy, because of this life force. Because this life force is not the gradual rehabilitation of your psychology over time. It's the radical transfiguration of who you really are hitting the core of your being and radiating out from that. So um, it's advised like all things to play with it you know, gradually, like, like my experience of this is, um, uh, it's strong energy in the core of your heart. And, uh, I think I told you before that the time when I, the first time Haydn came and I just determined, you know, from my kind of arrogant part of my consciousness that I am the life force and I am the one life. So therefore Haydn will just be, you know, like by fiat. And uh, the, the result was a heart attack, you know, like, but that heart attack was actually also a heart opening. It was like letting lightning hit and that lightning radically transformed in a sudden rush, a whole lots of things that needed to be shifted. Because you're basically saying, I want something to happen that I'm not capable of. So I must have to become that person who can do that, in which case everything has to transfigure. And the fourth degree, which is the, the final going through of that door of the abandonment wound into the, the life. In the old days, you know, a thousand years ago, or whatever resulted in your death when you took it. You know, even Jesus was on the cross. Um, but now, because of our the seventh ray coming in, which conditions our bodies so that they can handle greater charge, they can handle electrical current that they could never handle before. The, the whole purification process of diet and exercise and so on has, has improved bodies on the planet till they're at the point that they can handle much more charge. Plus, as our consciousness knows what's going on, we can be much more intelligent in the monitoring, the dilation of our heart, the core of our heart center. So we can have more or less energy there um, as we need and as, and as healthy for us. Um, so it's, it's not like consciousness meditation training. You're basically dilating this piece at the core of your heart, but it is radically powerful. So he's given us this meditation and suggested that it's um, time to use it. And I think that, that as what's happening on the planet over the next decade comes, then we're kind of an experiment in that. And there are obviously many other experiments as well. So that's the transmission today. The dark love through the core of the heart. Uh, I'll send you the, the link to it. There is the recommendation. If you can get your head around the charts, you know, those charts that he gave earlier on of like the cosmic logos and then the planetary logos and then the human being and like how that all actually fractals of one thing. 
if you can grasp it, then it opens doors to energy flows. And particularly if you can grasp this idea of humans being cosmic Kundalini. Okay. Because if you, if you can allow yourself to be activated in that cosmic process, then it accelerates. Cause you know what it's like when you awaken your Kundalini, it doesn't take no for an answer. Like if, Kundalini experiences just move whatever shit needs to get out of the way to get out of the way. Um, so there is a process um, that is safeguarded by your love. Okay. It's not, it's not a process for like um, curiosity or um, desire for power. It's a process that when the love that you are is too big for the form that you are in, like when what is moving in the core of your being, when it's moving in the core of your heart is greater than you actually have capacity to, to do, then that process will move whatever's in the way. It will clear what needs to clear for the next thing to unfold. Okay, so that's the transmission and open for questions or comments or sharings from the meditation. Same with you guys. So question yeah. uh, from here. Um, there was this note in what you were sharing about the restoration of, of the planet of, of the pure, yeah, purifying restaurant. Um, and I realized there's like a personal life story, a personal story, but there was this. Um, speak up a little so that yeah. these people can hear you too. There was this moment in, um, yeah, from my own story where I, um, went through this kind of confrontation with death at 19 was diagnosed with leukemia. So a cancer of the blood and, um, and went through this journey about chemotherapy and all these things and came through that. And when I kind of then woke up to like, cool, what is my life about? I was, I was very much in this, in this question. Um, and now that same question is in place of like community and celebration. But then at that moment of waking up was very much in tragedy and isolation. Mm. And it was this like the tragedy and the isolation of, 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 of feeling that sort of absence of meaning. It was like the absence of the father principle was this real sense of me being like, I'm alive and I have no fucking idea why. I have mm. nothing like time seems to be passing mm. and it doesn't matter very much. Like, what am I here? So can, do you relate your waking in the cancer in any way? Like, the, I, I relate the cancer and the kind of few months earlier when I made this point of, of kind of calling something in. Mm. Um, yeah, this sense of like, oh, I uh, kind of disassociated from my family being like, I, what I need to mature as a full man is not here in my family mm. in, in this and, and that's okay, mm. but I'm going to find it elsewhere in the world. And that was hit with that element. You know, it's kind of interesting with this place that um, when I came here and said, okay, this is going to ground and then went to Tibet, the guy who came to, um, who bought it was an alternative cancer doctor. That's what he did. And his instinct was right. Like he didn't have the science for it, but his instinct was whatever you're landing is going to help cancer patients. So he wanted to actually bring them here once the school got established and to bring them in and turn the saucer into a cancer healing center. After three years, he died of cancer. 
So it never happened. But, um, and then the place had to be sold and blah, blah, blah. But it was kind of an interesting beginning of what was landing here was linked to just that intuition that that energy is what will help reset on one level by having, by restoring the meaning of the life and the other level by actually impacting the cells directly. Um, yeah, other inputs. I have a question. Yeah. Yeah, I have a question around this thing that you were talking about, the, the death purification and reorganization pro process. It seems that, yeah, so you're saying that death is not decided by consciousness. It's not like I have to, I have to put an end to that to go into this um, next level, next, next step of evolution. So it seems quite passive in a way like how would you describe it um like the, the point is to identify more and more to that one life and then let life so to say around you reorganize itself and just flow with that or yeah can you well, that? yeah it's a good question the thing is you still have your your soul and your consciousness and your consciousness can be busy choosing you know applying your will in directions that you decide you want to go in. So you've still got that. But this energy is used um, impersonally. So it doesn't, you're not deciding what's going to die and what's going to live. And you are allowing that energy, knowing that it will bring life and that life will accelerate the processes, including maybe accelerating your conscious choices but also if those conscious choices aren't coming from a deep, clear, aligned place, then it will also radically upset them. So you're really just like adding fuel to the fire. You'll still do all of the soul work that you're, you, you do, but you're just adding this quality of acceleration of evolution that is the monad. question that's related a little yeah. bit to that. Um, so I get this pointer towards, yeah, there's the consciousness choosing the preference and, and then distinguishing that with um, the monadic energy going through the heart and then there being a slight witnessing of what's being purified is there like a mechanism of witness or is there a deeper layer of surrender to there is actually no consciousness of serving what's going through in and out? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if you heard that. He's, he's asking if things get activated, is there a role that our consciousness has in witnessing them? And I think the answer is yes. It's said that Shambhala drives humanity to hierarchy or in our own nature, the energy of the monad drives our body mind to the soul. Okay, because the, the, when, we're, when we're activated and something is coming up, we want to move towards love. We want to move towards understanding. We want to move towards awareness. So um, the, the monad is a fast way to bring things into awareness and our awareness can then love and interpret and, and heal and do all of the things that the soul normally does, the consciousness soul normally does. And, and in fact, the way that we can see that in the world is the energy of catharsis 
and sudden, you know, transformation and crisis takes people to counselors and, you know, um, that people come to you when they're desperate. Um, that desperation is often as a result of activation at the core. The core wound is triggered. They have no idea how to handle it or deal with it. So they need wisdom that can support them in that process. So the same thing goes on inside ourselves. Okay, well, that's this evening. We may end up on a cup of tea here and a chat around the fire. And uh, much love to everybody in the virtual world. And maybe we'll see you next week.